Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. The sport, let us cook. Get your Macca's favourites delivered with McDelivery. Rotoflex, world-leading biomechanical design by Blunston. Stability meets the freedom to move. Available at participating retailers now. Kick back and relax. It's time for the run home with Kirsten Beave. This is the run home on SENZ. All thanks to Rotoflex by Blunston. Stability meets the freedom to move. It is Wednesday the 15th of February. How are you? Hope you're doing well after the events of the last couple of days. Uh, We've heard from a couple of our stable mates in SENZ. The likes of Ian Smith, who we know now is safe. Of course, everyone is a little bit shaken up, but good to be able to get uh, in contact with some of these people. We're thinking of everyone in the Gisborne, Hawke's Bay area that have been severely hit and impacted by Cyclone Gabrielle. Coming up on the Macca's menu, thanks to McDelivery, we've got a chock-a-block show for you today. It is the Halberg Awards tonight, the 60th annual Halberg Awards, celebrating sporting excellence. Uh, This one will be big. It's the first award since Sir Murray Halberg passed away late last year. We're going to go over our SCNZ Run Home Halberg Awards, and we want you to get involved in it as well. Who are your award winners? Have a think. Who do you think will take out the Supreme Award at this year's Halbergs? Who will be the team of the year? Who will get coach of the year? What about the men's and women's uh, best athletes, the sportsman and sportswoman of the year, and the para-athlete award as well? Let us know, double eight double three on the Temperin bedpost text line or 0800 on the Makita New Zealand phone line. We'll catch up with Paul Mawati from the TAB. And things get interesting. The Blues have had a bit of banter after Joel and Fletch put out the rumours that Roger Tuivasa-Shek was returning to the Roosters. So the Blues have got on board and they've named their own NRL starting 13 side with their own players. We'll tell you who's in that team. Uh, and then Beaver's going to have a go and name his own Super Rugby NRL side after 5 o'clock as well. We've got a $100 TAB bonus bet voucher to give away just after News and Sport at 5. Uh, and we've got John Norman from Talk Sport UK joining us. He is the cricket editor uh, to talk all things about the first test tomorrow between New Zealand and England. Ben Stokes has spoken as well, the captain of England. We'll bring you that press conference. The best bits all you need to know and after six o'clock we cross the ditch chat to joel and barney no fletch today we've got louis brown on as well of course former warrior to chat the nrl season ahead and this pre-season encounter between the warriors and storm and christchurch on sunday before we round out our halberg award show and we'll tell you who will be the supreme 
Halberg Award winner tonight. That is the Maccas menu. Thanks to McDelivery, delivering your Maccas favourites straight to your door. Beeb will bring you in from the bunker again in Waihuku. That was a mouthful. My mouth was going dry thinking about it. I'm not sure if it's the dry conditions that are good for grapes down here, but certainly not good for the vo- vocal cords. I was going to say, your mouth's probably going dry from the amount of grog that you're drinking down there in Queenstown. Uh, it must be almost one o'clock for you, I'd say. Uh, I'm trying but... to keep hydrated on the waters because <laughs> I know there'll be too much of it this weekend. <laughs> but uh, no, busy old day here. Uh, we're without power at the moment, Kirst, so... Uh, proving its own how challenges. You, how is this going? How is the show going? Um, actually, obviously, the bunker's in at the uh, old place. So, oh, so you, uh, you mean your property's without power? Yeah, we're Have without you been power. without power since before the show yesterday? Yeah, yeah. That's when so it, what that's are you was, doing? Uh, yeah, I know you'll be fine, but I'm worried about the Paw Patrol that wouldn't have been on the TV for the last 24 hours. It's It's been a wonder, It's been a blessing in disguise on weaning them off. Uh, Dad, why oh, can't the TV how's that work? gone? Uh, why can't the TV? Why no Paw Patrol? Uh, power cut. Or can we just, because I've got well, a generator now. Well, now you can now. use that excuse in future. Well, funny thing is, I've got it. They're smart, these two. I've got a generator. Um, <laughs> oh, we've kept no. The fridge, we've kept the fridge and the freezer going with. Uh, so they've said, oh, can we not plug uh, the TV into that, Dad? And I said, look, oh, no. Very it, clever. Too, too powerful. Uh, it's not a big enough generator for that, so... Oh, Daddy, for my birthday, can I get a bigger generator? So if this happens, we can... <laughs> so, yes, uh, one step ahead of me, uh, particularly my daughter. Uh, she so is she very my intelligent. Bluff. Yes, so no, we've... Uh, obviously, it's not a big deal. There's, uh, as I say, a lot of people worse off than us, but uh, yeah, yes. a bit of power shortage. So kids are a bit smelly at the moment. Dad's a bit smelly, but, you know, we deal with that. Um, so Jacko, no showers, not even a cold one? No, not even a cold shower. So we're actually... Why not? Well, there's nothing well, wrong with a cold shower, is there? It's, it's not... It's still not tropical for me. Um, it's not quite hot enough to have cold showers. Uh, so, but we'll make full use of the uh, the grandparents' uh, hot and cold water uh, after the show tonight. So I'll be having a rinse. But uh, also went and changed Jacko's uh, cast over today. So he's now sporting a wonderful blue cast on that oh. uh, broken wrist of his. Is that the um, colour of choice he went for? He actually, he actually, the lady asked him and he went for orange. And unfortunately, oh. of the seven colours that she actually... Asked him whether he'd like. Uh, orange was not one, but uh, Jacko's a bit deaf when it comes to what he wants. Uh, he wanted orange and uh, sort of protested for a bit, but I said, Jacko, you'll be happy with blue, son. So uh, that's, that's where we ended up. One. We're getting a blue one. So we've got a blue well, one. He's running And he's happy? One. He's happy. Funnily enough, the doctor goes to me, has he got any siblings? And uh, I said, yeah, one older, one younger. And she goes, well, this one's fiberglass. And I said, don't worry. He's already been using the last one as a weapon, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> has he? Has he really? Oh yeah, the, the, the other two have copped a few stray forearms. Um, which... <laughs> Just like their dad in South Africa, like you have a cast <laughs> on your arm. Oh, he was. He's obviously heard the stories, and he is no, your mini me. He is a lot more blatant than me. He just starts throwing them around blatantly. So no, it's it's been most of our day. And uh, well, I hope no children were hurt in the making. No, well, it's a bit of a toughening up process. I mean, obviously. If Liv's going to go to the top of uh, the cricket ladder like we heard last night with the IPL for the women's game now, uh, she needs a bit of a toughening up. So, uh, you know, Jacko just roughing her up here and there is going to hold her in good stead, I think, for that next IPL auction in 20 years' time. Honestly, I, I am going to watch her career with interest <laughs> out at the Waiuku Oval uh, and, and see where she gets to over the next couple of decades.
It would you be lovely say. to see a Donald in the IPL auction. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you dropped the golf sticks and you had uh, GT in the nets this afternoon trying to get one last attempt at making no a chance. cricket career. No chance. I think I'm well past it now. I am well past it. Um, But interesting stories from your house. If you've got stories to share with us as well, uh, earthquake stories, not earthquake stories, cyclone (laughs) stories, if you're without power as well uh, and you've been struggling, let us know, double eight, double three, um, how you've been going. A few headlines around. Beeve, put this in your diary. This is more important than any sports match. I've got something else for you to watch. Ted Lasso, season three, out March 15. Sensational. Uh, Go and watch the second season. I know, but I, you've I need got, some... You've got three weeks. I need a friend to uh, put on a memory stick for me, I think. Um, for those that don't know, Ted Lasso is... Wonderful show. Wonderful show. The actor off... Um, he was on he was on Hangover and that, I think. Um, he literally, as an American, gets chucked into managing an English football team, and he literally mm-hmm. has no idea, and he's all about a feel-good factor. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's brilliant, and he just he just runs around saying quotes and making everyone feel good. So, I had series one. I watched series one, brilliant. And since then, I've just had to get all the little snippets off social media because they're heavy on the social media too. The Ted Lasso crew, they literally oh. throw out a post every day. That's brilliant. brilliant. That is brilliant to get around season two. Uh, if you haven't watched it at all, go and watch the first two seasons yes. uh, so that you can get involved. Season three coming out March fifteen. Uh, the Halberg Awards, as we mentioned, is tonight. We're going to go through our very own SENZ uh, awards. We're going to go through them all, and we want you to vote for yours as well. So cast your votes. Who will be the Sportsman of the Year, Sportswoman of the Year, the Team of the Year, Coach of the Year, Supreme Athlete, Para-Athlete, double eight, double three on the Temper and Bedpost text line. Uh, but speaking about Bedpost, we've been speaking about our Bedpost Breakthrough Stars in Super Rugby for the last couple of weeks, Beeve. Uh, it's an illustrious club. It's almost as exclusive as winning Beaver's Best on Fridays. <laughs> uh, and we know how exclusive that club is. Well, one of our breakout stars, who we already named, Peter Lakai from the Hurricanes, well, their head coach, he's got a few things to say on this kid. Special kid um, is desperate to do well and gets better every day. So I know there are a few cliches, but that is Pete, and that's why he's come, you know, come to fruition pretty quickly. Uh, he's training really well. Um, the the thing, the real difficulty for us at the moment, which is a good difficulty, is that we've got a hell of a good set of Lucy's who are all going pretty well. Pete's going well. Braden, Devon, you've still got your Reed Princeps, Ardy, Severs, and your Duplessis, Carifis, and your TK Howden. So when you peel those off, oh, you know, they're all on top of their game at the moment, touch wood and injury-free and going hard. So Pete's a quality, quality uh, carrier of the ball, and he's doing that in training. You see the, the dominance he has around any collisions, but he's also a really smart footballer. So... Um, yeah, there's going to be a good transition of of Lucy's and how they compete, and who sort of who sort of plays in those first five or six weeks. It is going to be very mentioned, uh, very interesting. Uh, those first few weeks of Super Rugby Beef, as we've already mentioned, he's a rampaging number eight in Super Rugby. Uh, played for Wellington, uh, won a Ramfurly Shield and an NPC title with them as well. Special, special kid, as Jason Holland just spoke about. Yeah, fascinating. The one thing I picked up from uh, the wise words there from their coach mm. was uh, the dominance he has in his carries, even at training. When we talked about him a couple of weeks ago, obviously he's 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 been a man amongst boys in the NPC, and often, you know, young forwards take a while to uh, transition from being an NPC power to then playing super power because 
you've literally coming up against All Blacks uh, every week in packs that are laden with All Blacks. But if he's already if it's already caught the eye that he's physically dominant at training with with guys that were mentioned, uh, maybe maybe any sort of doubts about whether this will be his year are already put to the side because if he's already doing it at training, I'd imagine he can uh, transfer that over when it's on for real. So, no, it's exciting. And uh, you heard it here on the run home first. Peter Lakai, he'll be a breakout star for the Hurricanes. Mm, and maybe uh, higher honours as well mm. in the near future. And speaking about higher honours, we've spoken so much about Roger Tuivasa-Sheik, how and where he will fit into a Rugby World Cup squad this year because that was his ultimate goal when he came across from the NRL. He wanted to play for the All Blacks and he wanted to play in a Rugby World Cup. Well, his head coach of the Blues, Leon McDonald, has spoken about which position we may see him in this season, Be It's a change. He's he's a we we do need him to be more versatile. He needs to be more versatile, you know, to 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 a for his game, but also to to help with his selection. And um, he's had a little bit of time on the wing with um, with Auckland, and um, he spent a little bit of time at training on the wing for us as well. And, and at some point, we we might push him out there just to help grow his game and his, his value. So um, yeah, first year it was about knuckling down a position, and then now we're we're talking about you know using him as as a bit more of as a a versatile role. Mm. Remember when he played uh, on the wing for Auckland before he went on that end of year tour, or he didn't, and everyone asked, did the All Blacks direct you to play him on the wing? The coach came out and said, absolutely not. Has Leon chosen for him to move on to the wing, or can he see the writings on the wall here? If he's going to make it as an All Black, he needs to play in multiple, multiple positions, and they're trying to help him. Oh, I think I think Roger should be very grateful that he's got a coach like Leon. Who's who's if if Roger hasn't seen the writing on the wall, then Leon's seen it, and he's going right, mate. So which one is it? Has Roger yeah. asked, or is Leon saying oh, this I'm is what's best that. for you and our team? I'm listening to that, and I think it's I think Leon's seen it because he's he's talked about Roger's got to be more flexible on where he plays. Mm. So if that's the case, Roger's obviously clearly said, look, I just need a nail down twelve, need a nail down twelve, but. I think Leon's probably looking at the greater good of Roger and saying, mate, without probably spelling it out to him, if you're going to the World Cup, you're in a straight street fight with Geordie Barrett, Anton Lennart-Bown, uh, Harvilly as a genuine 12, you need, to, you need to add another string to your bow. And another string to your bow is being able to play on the wing. And I think Leon's done a wonderful thing by him, really, by saying you've got to do it. Look, I'm still very relaxed on where he's at because... Let's not forget, and I've said it multiple mm. times, after mm-hmm. Super Rugby last year, we were all mm-hmm. going, this is the second coming of Sonny Bill Williams. Yep. And then we had six months of nothing from him. So you can't yep. criticise a guy for six months of nothing because there was nothing to look at. So yep. let's just see another Super campaign banked. Who knows? Um, so I think he's in a good place. And, and the fact that Leon's clearly going to give him a couple of runs on the wing. Yeah, um, so where does he start first game? Is he playing on the wing? Is he oh, pushing 12. Mark Talia out? And who's playing at 12? No, he's, tw- he's 12 to start with. He sure was he such a good combo with Rico for the Blues last year. 100%. And, we and, loved and him. Bodie, and Bodie. Add Bodie to that mix. Um, it's a wonderful looking back line. Because, I mean, at full strength, he's at 12. Because you need Talia and Caleb Clark when you're at full, full strength. Who will be playing 10 and 15? Will Petalfair to play 10 and Bodie at, be at 15? Or no. vice versa? Because Bodie's not going to be 10 for the All Blacks, is he? No, but Bodie's biggest impact for the Blues will be at 10. To win the title, he needs. I'd say I think he needs to be at ten. 
Um, but conversely, for both of their careers, it probably works <laughs> the, the other way around. It's the other way around. Um, and and, and Bodhi's going to the World Cup. And Bodhi's probably yes. our starting 15 at the World Cup. Peter Fetter <laughs> is in a straight-out shootout with Damien McKenzie. Yes, and so I he wonder, needs to be playing 10. He probably needs to be playing 10. Ironic. Yeah, are all these conversations going on behind the scenes, are we the only idiots that bring these type conversations oh, we're the only idiots, but I presume that there's still these conversations being had. But it's it's funny, isn't it? Because if you're picking a Blues backline as a punter like we would, we'd say, well, mm. Bodie's your 10 and, and Peter Fetter's mm. out the back at 15. But for both, Bodie's obviously going to be the 15 at the World Cup mm-hmm. and Peter Fetter needs to be being the best 10 he can be to even have a chance of going to the World Cup. So, and who knows? There's talk that he could be our 10 after the World Cup anyway. He could be starting that 24 first test. Who knows? Exactly. Exactly. We don't know. Uh, but here is here is uh, something else that is very interesting. Did you see the headline? Wayne Smith uh, spoke to another uh, news website. He wants to get rid of the driving mall altogether. He doesn't see uh, a thing of beauty in it, Beeve. Uh, this is, of course, after the Rugby World Cup final last year, which they won against England. Uh, Red Roses, who were the driving mall queens. He said there are six or seven forwards in front of the ball. There is no access to the ball. It is legalized obstruction he would get rid of it entirely and you could do so by changing the law really easily if the attacking team chooses to kick a penalty to touch inside the 22 then the other team gets the throw in what do you think would you eliminate them do you see beauty in the in the rolling mall beef is there a place for it in rugby look i don't see any beauty of it when you're standing at 10 and you're up against the african team and they just start rolling out for about 20 out and they score a try however i do see a lot of beauty when you're actually sitting on the other side of the fence and you see it happening i don't know i think you're dreaming um i think it's going to be there forever in a day it is what about what smitty's makes... law i know and you know it's, it's very tough to disagree with smitty but it is it's been there forever in a day there's you can imagine the northern hemisphere people who mm. Uh, love nothing more than going down to their local footy club on a Saturday afternoon and watching a good old-fashioned rolling mall and maybe a box kick off it and then clapping it. Uh, so I would struggle to see it ever getting kicked out. Um, I, I think there's, I think they should make it more of a more of a contest, like as Smithy's saying. You know, you got seven forwards in front of the ball essentially. Why not be able to tackle it? Why not be able to bring it down? Um, maybe that would that would be something, but. I think Smithy, Smithy's probably saying a lot of that in tongue-in-cheek. I think he knows full well that the IRB or World Rugby or whatever they're called now uh, would never get rid of it. Do you think he's saying that for the benefit of the women's game, the men's game, both? I think he's probably saying it. I, he was probably thinking it leading into uh, the final of the Women's World Cup. I guarantee mm. you that. That's, that's when he was really thinking it. Um, and it's easier to say it now, but he's won it too. Because uh, yes. if he'd lost it, it would look, look like sour grapes. But uh, certainly the English, uh, the Red Roses, strongest attacking weapon going into that final was going to be there more for five out. And ironically, some of his team defended one uh, on full time, didn't they? When to win it. All looked to win it all. Yes. Yeah, so, hey, look, Smithy, just, you know, they're defendable, mate. You, you've won your title. Um it's part of the romance, isn't it? The rolling mall. I, I, I mean, I'd love to. I'd probably love to see it gone too, but I can never see it gone. I, Entertainment I factor. Entertainment, Entertainment factor. factor. Would love to see it gone. Of course, we would. Mm.
to play like the Black Ferns played at the World Cup. That was so, so good. Such good rugby to watch. That's why everyone fell in love with it. This is the run home on ECNZ. All thanks to Mick Delivery. When we come back, we're chatting the Halberg Awards. Sixtieth annual Halberg Awards will be live tonight on Sky Sport and Prime Free to Wear. Tonight is the 60th annual Halberg Award, celebrating sporting excellence in our beautiful country. And we know we are a country of 5 million people that punch well above our weight at this time of year, at all times of year, to be honest with you. Uh, before we go through the different awards categories, we thought, why not start off with a moment of the past year? Beve, why don't you kick things off? As far as the moment for me, it would have to be AJ's 10 wickets. It's uh, never been done standing. Here is a towering bow up in the air towards mid-wicket. Can someone get under and take the catch? It is indeed taken. Ruchin Ruvindra, and quite amazingly, HS Patel becomes just the third player in Test Match cricket history to take all ten wickets in an innings. Poor it almost didn't seem real, Beeve. When no. you just saw it, one, and then the next, and then the next... In the history of cricket, for it to happen, only happened three times, and to think about all the incredible bowlers who have not achieved it, quite some story. And was it a city that he was born in? Yes. There, there was like some amazing yes. stories that came out of it, right? In India, of course, he, he was born there. He used to live there before he came to New Zealand. There were some amazing symmetries, uh, but the burning question has been, where has he been since then? Amazing. <laughs> Tenor. Sometimes and now what? It shows the depth of New Zealand cricket. Uh, you can take 10 wickets in a test match in India, but uh, in an innings, but not be required uh, much after. So, real shame. But, uh, yeah, it's, I guess it's the life, the life the boys live as far as New Zealand decks, pace, pace rules. Well, my sporting moment of the last 12 months will come as no surprise to you. It wasn't just one moment in particular. It was the entire six weeks that the Women's Rugby World Cup was in New Zealand for the first time, which culminated in a brilliant, entertaining, exciting, fast-paced, action-packed final at Eden Park, which Beaver was there, witnessed with some of these former players, the Blackburns taking on England, and by... The hand of God of Jonah Nan Wu winning it at the death in the final 10 seconds. The Black Ferns, you beauty. Dement. Fitzpatrick again stands the kick. This one might sit up for Stacey Fleuler. Just short. Lindsay Ewing crashes over. And New Zealand go back in front with nine minutes to play. It's on New Zealand's side. England couldn't control it. You'll never get sick of hearing Ricky's commentary on that from the depths of despair to Rugby World Cup champions. Uh, that just encapsulated an entire tournament, a, a five-year campaign and wait, Wayne Smith coming in. There was just, there was so much to celebrate uh, after that night and we're still reliving it. It was not just one of the best moments in the last 12 months, but 
One of the great moments in New Zealand sporting history as well. Let us know what yours is, your favourite sporting moment from the past 12 months. Double eight, double three on the Temper and Bed Post text line or give us a call 0800 150 811 on the Makita New Zealand phone line. This is The Run Home on ECNZ. Great to have you joining us today. Time now for a TAB update with the one and only Paul Mawati. Bet live on your favourite sports with the TAB app today. Paulie, great to have you joining us today. How are you? And uh, what do we need to know ahead of the cricket tomorrow? Well, um, (laughs) yeah, thanks. I just hope that everyone's staying safe. But uh, I've seen um, coverage of what's going up uh, uh, around the Tauranga region, and it looks like they're going to have some um, pretty good weather for the first test between the Black Caps uh, and England. And um, that's where the good news ends for the Black Caps fans, though, because most of the action has been on either uh, England at $2.11 to win the first test or on the draw, uh, which is now out to four forty-five. And I guess some early punters yesterday were betting on uh, the weather uh, playing, playing a bit of havoc uh, with the test match up there. But I've, I've had a look at the uh, forecast and it looks like they're going to get some pretty good weather for the next few days. So yeah, England have now been very heavily backed. They're $2.11 to win the first test. They've also been backed uh, to win the series as well. So a lot of Baz McCallum fans out there uh, and they're backing him and his English team to win the first test. Currently $2.11. Uh, in terms of the Black Caps, not a lot of support uh, for them at $2.50. But in the top run scorer market in the first innings uh, for the Black Caps, best back there, uh, Devin Conway by a wee bit. He's currently second favourite in that market at three seventy-five, just behind Kane Williamson. But he has been very, very well supported by Kiwi punters. And they're taking the three seventy-five on him to be the top run scorer in the first innings. Now, Paulie, I've spotted a power play that I quite like. Uh, Salvi and Anderson both to take three wickets in the in the first innings, two of the, the finest exponents of swing bowling. And uh, if they get that pink ball going, I could imagine that could be quite tasty. But I had a question for you, mate. Uh, is, yeah. there a bit, is there a bit anywhere as far as how many days the test could last? Is there a, is there a really power play option there, there? there? Yeah, there are, well, there are some power plays on uh, just how far the a test match will go. Uh, there's, uh, just looking at one now, the test to finish on day four, that's paying $3.75. But one that's being backed, test to finish on day three, that's paying $12. (laughs) And there are a few few punters who have already jumped on. Um, And I guess the way that uh, Baz coaches uh, and gives uh, his players the freedom to sort of go out there, enjoy the game, express themselves... Um, and with the pitch, probably going to have a wee bit of a green top. Um, uh, uh, first of all, the toss is going to be crucial, and you yes. think whoever wins the toss uh, is going to have a bowl first. Uh, and if Baz and his boys uh, win the toss and de- decide to bowl first, they might knock the, the Black Caps over uh, on day one and then get in and score four or 500 uh, in less than a day. <laughs> 
uh, and we could have all sorts going on. So, yeah, a few punters have backed uh, the test match to finish on day three, which is paying $12. And I tell you what, I've just seen another one on your power plays. Uh, people are listening yesterday will know that I pocket, I pocket bet on uh, Devin Conway uh, to, to be top run scorer. So I've gone through with that because uh, you just can't change a pocket bet. But uh, Daryl Mitchell or Blundell, top run score at 450, I reckon uh, makes sense to me. Lower down the order, maybe a bit of the juice out of the pitch by the time they come and maybe a bit of a salvage mission. One of those two, top run score. You get two for the price of one. Boy, that's a great bet. That, that, that's a very, very good point, uh, actually, Beaver, because I've actually had a look at the market for the top run scorer uh, for the Black Caps in that first innings. And although I said Devin Conway was the most popular at 375, the second best back uh, run scorer in that market is Daryl Mitchell at $8. He's ahead of Kane Williamson, who is the favourite at 350. So it looks like punters are sort of following your sort of logic there and thinking if uh, the Black Caps are put in uh, on that green uh, swinging pitch, uh, then someone further down the batting order might just get the chance to top score. So, yeah, Daryl Mitchell, second best back in that top run scorer first innings market for the Black Caps at $8. Very good. We love it. Thank you so much for your time, Paul. Awesome. Catch you again later, guys. See you Thanks, soon. Mate. Paul Mawati there from the TAB. Bet live in your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. Do gamble responsibly. It is R18. Beaver's just given you plenty of options as well. Plenty of options given, to make I've a just, few bucks. I've just talked myself into a few bits, I must admit, Kirst. Um, what, the three-day, so, 12 bucks? I think you've got to, don't you? I think you've well, got to. Well, how can if you not? If it's how ever can you say no to that? Three bucks. Oh, sorry, three days. We just saw India and Aussie finish a game in three days. Um, yeah. Why not? The salvage job as well? Yeah, the salvage job. Uh, yeah. Talk yourself Talk yourself into it. Talk yourself into it. Real rearguard sort of players. Chips are down. They go out. They street fight. I really like the cut of your jib, and four fifty, you get two for the price of one, sort of thing. Yeah, well, something one of these power plays has got to come through for you. One day. Uh, that's, that, that, that is for sure. Uh, keep your messages coming through for the Halberg Awards. We're going to talk through the Sportswoman and Sportsman of the Year nominees and uh, see who we're picking, and you can choose who you are picking for those two awards right after this. It is. This is the run home. Tonight is the 60th annual Halberg Awards, and we thought right here on the run home we'd go through a couple of the categories. We'll start off with the Sportswoman of the Year, Beeb. Up for this award is track cyclist Elise Andrews, sprint kayaker Dame Lisa Carrington, our top golfer Lydia Ko, our Black Ferns, seven, our Black Ferns captain Dorhey Demant, Zoe Sadowski Senate, uh, who of course is a snowboarding queen. For you, where's your vote going? Oh, I mean, I've got to be honest. Before entering the voting room here, I had Zoe all over it. But then looking at it and seeing her name glaring me, Lydia Ko has mm. had some year. And the argument of Zoe is first ever Olympic gold medal for this country, winter. So she gets it, she gets it, but only by a whisker because Lydia Ko... In the most global of all sports, in the biggest numbers there is in any world, she has reigned supreme again. And for that, in any other year, Lydia Ko wins this by a landslide. But because mm. of the occasion, because of the history that Zoe had to knock down, 
she wins it, but only because of that for me. I'm with you, Beeb. Another name that really stands out is Elise Andrews. Uh, of course, we were up all through the night watching the Commonwealth Games for those two weeks in Birmingham uh, in the middle of last year. You almost forget because so much happens in a sporting calendar year. So yeah. this is the time to go back, to reflect and celebrate what has happened. She won triple gold on the track, though. Triple gold on the track. Absolutely amazing effort from our Elise Andrews. But you're right, Zoe Sadaski's in it. She has to win this one, doesn't she? If we move on to the Sports Man of the Year category, Aaron Gate, you've got another cyclist who dominated on both the track and the road at the Commonwealth Games. You've got the trampolinist, Dylan Schmidt, who also uh, medaled. Nico Porteous, who was a freak in the free skiing at the Winter Olympics. Paul Cole, our squash star. And... A bit of motorsport thrown in there as well. Shane Van Gisbergen. Who do you like? Well, I mean, for years, the drums have been beating around the giz and what more does he need to do? Um, but I guess, for me, we have to go probably Nico. Mm. Um, again, you just can't argue with Olympic gold, can you? These kids are so cool as well. And I know they're not mm. kids anymore. They were at the the first Winter Olympics that they went to in 2018 when they were 16 and won the country's first medals in such a long period of time. But they just make winter sports so cool. A gold medal uh, at the Beijing Winter Olympics last year in the half pipe. These two kids make us all want to be uh, great skiers or snowboarders. And, and dare I say, maybe because of their attitude, they are able to deal with it because I don't know if they realised it, but again, like when the America's Cup's on or uh, the Melbourne Cup's on, we all become absolute experts for a smidgen of time around that sport. And the entire country knew that we were we were on the edge of something around these two great Kiwi Winter Olympians. And everyone was glued to it. Everyone knew what time they were having to turn on the TV to watch them go for gold. We were... The great thing about New Zealand is we, we often don't get huge amount of gold medal chances at the Olympics or what have you, but when they happen and when we know they're happening, we're convinced they're going to happen. So the expectation that whether they knew about it or not, whether they're so cool and so relaxed that it wasn't an issue for them, I mean, that's the great thing about those two is they had it all. We were told from months out that we were winning these golds, which we had never won in our history, and they just went and delivered. So that side of things, Curse, when you mention their attitude, Maybe that's the reason that they can go and deliver under the the brightest of lights. And uh, they may be getting delivered some more treats and trophies tonight at the Halberg Awards. We'll continue the conversation right throughout the program. But when we come back, we want you to get involved. So the Blues have put out their own NRL team for round one of the NRL. They've (laughs) named a starting 13 with an interchange bench as well. If you're wondering who's in it, we'll read that for you next. You're listening to The Run Home on SENZ. All thanks to Mick Delivery with Kirst and Beeve. Remember, you can call us anytime on the Makita New Zealand phone line uh, just for calling through on our show between 4 and 7 p.m. weekdays. We have a $250 Makita New Zealand voucher to give away on Fridays. 0800-150-811 is the number to call. Makita, rule the outdoors. Also, in uh, just over five minutes' time, we're going to be playing Drive to Survive. It's a big one today as well. A $100 TAB bonus bet voucher. So listen out for your cuticle just after news and sport. But... 
This is what we've all been waiting for. Joel and Fletch have rubbed the blues up the wrong way or maybe the right way with uh, their controversial rumour Roger Tovasashek is heading back to the Roosters in the NRL. So the Blues have jumped on board and they've named a starting 13 who could take on the Warriors or take on any of the other sides in the NRL. Maybe we start them off lightly and put them against uh, the Dolphins in their first year beef. Uh, but... Give us the Blues NRL squad from 1 to 13 and their interchange bench. And if you think you could name a better super rugby side made up of any super rugby players with fullback, wings, centres, halves, props, a hooker, second rowers, and your lock, message us, double eight, double three. Babe, tell us who's in this Blues team and what does it look like? Yeah, the Blues have announced their NRL squad. Um, and at fullback, no surprise, one of the best full, fullbacks of League history. RTS, he's at one. Caleb Clark and Talia are their wingers. Uh, Rico Ioani and Bryce Hem are their centres. And the halves, they've gone Perifetha at seven and Bodie Barrett, a bit more room and free ranging at six. Uh, the props, uh, Big Paddy Tupolotu and Robinson. Uh, Sam Nock, the, uh, the reserve halfback, gets a start at hooker. And Akira and Hoskins are their second row with Dalton as their number 13. They've gone as far to organise a bench which is made up of Finlay Christie, Big Offer, Kurt Eklund. I've got question marks over those two uh, in the NRL um, and Zahn Sutherland. But uh, still a very handy 13 that they've put out there. Oh, Dalton Papali at 13. What sort of impact could he have on the NRL? You made for it. Uh, big, big body, massive engine, work all day for you, great defender. Yeah, he'd be a handy 13 in the league, to be fair. Tom Robinson and Patrick Toipolotu? Robinson, yes, for me. Big Paddy, Made again. for it? I'm not sure if Big Paddy's made for it. Um, Tom Robinson, yes, but Patrick, I just wonder if I'd get under him. He's, what, six foot seven? Six foot eight? Well, I guess Big Nelson gets away with it. Nelson. Um, but... Uh, yeah, oh, I don't know about Patty, Patty in the front row. Oh, to be honest, you'd want to see Akira Ioane and Hoskins, the two to have yes. a crack, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. Like Made when you it. see those two names on paper, you're like, oh, yes, that is juicy. Yes. Yeah, big time. Uh, and, and they're on the edges, so work rate defensively wouldn't be quite as much as Dalton, who would have to be in the middle with the props um, and Hooker defending. So, yeah, pretty powerful team and one that, Give them a bit of time. I certainly don't think they would uh, be near the bottom of the NRL. Not a bad team at all. How do you think that halves pairing is going uh, when you compare that to what the Warriors have just announced <laughs> to Mighty Martin, Sean Johnson? How are the Barrett-Petofeta combo going? Uh, obviously, there's a bit of star power in the Petofeta-Bodie-Barrett-Halves uh, combination. Um, obviously, it would need time in the game, but you would imagine they'd take to it like ducks to order. Absolutely no problem uh, with the fullback. Although when he was last in the NRL, he got shifted to the wing. You're not going to do that in this team? No, he was doing a good gesture for the Warriors because they just signed Reese Walsh, who mm. he doesn't play for us anymore. But anyway, it was a nice gesture all the same, Roger. Um, and I'm sure the Warriors are forever grateful for giving Reese a, a leg up. Um, he's paid them back big time. Um, Your centres, so... who does Rico remind you of? Rico, a little bit of the trail Mitchell about him in there. Also, yeah. that swag that he's got off yes. the field as well yes. is, is yes. very Latrell Mitchell. Yes. 
And, oh, he would be unbelievable, Lee. Rico would be unbelievable. Have some fun with us. Double eight, double three on the Temperin Bed Post text line. Who from Super Rugby would you like to see in an NRL starting 13 if you could name anyone? Beaver is going to name his own Super Rugby combined starting 13 to take on this Blues 13 in the NRL. It's hypothetical. We want you to have some fun. Uh, plus, we're playing Drive to Survive right after this. It's just after 5 o'clock on Wednesday, the 15th of February. Great to have you with us. All thanks to Mac Delivery right here on The Run Home on SCNZ. A couple of uh, new bits of news around beef. Uh, Geordie Barrett has spoken to media uh, and he was asked about where in Foster sees him after that uh, pre-season All Blacks training camp they had in Christchurch that was kept a little bit of a secret uh, last month. And Fozzie has confirmed that he likes him in the midfield, and that is probably where his international future lies. No surprises there, but it just no means there's more competition for the position. Yeah, hasn't uh, hasn't Fozzie done a U-turn on that one? Uh, oh, he has. Twelve months ago, no way under any circumstances would he be a twelve. Um, but I guess form and performance. Even when he put in those good performances in Super Rugby at twelve, there was still. A bit of a, no, not for us, He's he'll be a 15. And then he just played the house down at Eden Park, didn't he? When they, for necessity, Fozzie was handed. That's forced. it. Who was out? Why he was forced to play 12? Everyone there was, was like three out, wasn't there? David Havili yep. was out. Anton was They didn't want to go Roger. He was available. No, Roger was available. He was available. Instead of going Roger, they moved Geordie into the midfield. Yep. Quinn and was out, obviously, as well. Quinn's so they had a bit of a done. crisis there. Yeah, Quinn's knee got done. If that hadn't happened, week. would we never have seen Geordie at 12? No, and there'd be a constant fight between the Hurricanes and the All Blacks because I think the Hurricanes have always thought that this is this is where Geordie lives and uh, this is where he can have some impact. So it'd be, and to be fair, obviously only he played a little bit of midfield when he first came on the scene for Canterbury in the NPC, and he's now played a handful of Super Rugby and, and All Black Test matches. I mean, can you imagine a month he's got a full super campaign under his belt in a position. Um, I mean, the Hurricanes... Yeah, it's his, isn't it? It's his jersey. Oh, it's his. The Hurricanes may themselves, to save him because he's such a competitive, tough player, have to say, right, you're going to play fullback this week just to take you out of the front line a bit because... Just to actually go, save your body? Save your body because he's, he's going to go hunting it, you can imagine. And uh, you probably you want to be able to keep him in decent nick towards the back end of the comp when the, when the Hurricanes will certainly need him more than ever. Surely he's going to be in your starting 13 NRL side, but we'll hear about that shortly. Uh, news for the Highlanders as well. Aaron Smith is sitting out uh, the first two weeks of Super Rugby Pacific this year. Um, that is because he's on extended 
leave after really, really heavy minutes uh, for the All Blacks last year on the end of year tour. It's interesting, isn't it? Someone like an Aaron Smith, who is almost a guarantee, is having this extra time off to prepare for the World Cup. Someone like a Brad Weber went back to training early. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's obviously everyone knows where they sit in the world and uh, what table they're at. And when you're at the top table, you probably don't have to quite push the, push the envelope. I was thinking about that the other day, Kirst. Like, there's guys going out into this super rugby competition for so long. There's been All Blacks who, I guess, have been able to know that they're peaking for June, for July, for those test matches, where these guys now, because of, I guess, last year and what unfolded, that they probably don't feel safe enough to have that mentality and they want to be playing the house down from the moment uh, Super Rugby kicks off, which obviously Fozzie's not going to take too much notice of rounds one, two and three, but just mentally the boys, they want to be there and they want to be playing well. Mm. It's a big year. It is a massive year. Today could be a massive day for you as well. This is your official cuticle for Drive to Survive. So does a $100 TAB bonus bet voucher in your account sound good? If it does, grab the phone line 0800 150 on the Makita New Zealand phone line. You know what to do. Call us up. We've got a $100 voucher to give away, which you could turn into a whole lot more if you listen to Beavis Tips for the first test starting tomorrow at Bay Oval in Mount Monganui. There's plenty to bet on. Of course, there's the breakers happening at the moment as well, the NBA. We've got all sorts of options. So get on the phone line, 0800-150-811. We're playing Drive to Survive in a moment. But coming up on the Macca's menu, thanks to McDelivery, Beaver is going to name his Super Rugby NRL 13, a starting 13. If you've got any names you think should be in this team, give us their names and what position you think they would play in rugby league. Geordie Barrett is an obvious one. Where are you putting him, though? Where are you putting him in an NRL starting 13? Let us know. John Norman from Talk Sport is coming on to talk all things the first test between New Zealand and England. We've got a bit of Ben Stokes for you as well, having spoke to media today. After 6 o'clock, we cross the ditch, chat to Joel and the brilliant Barney. Louis Brown is on the show as well to talk all things NRL, the preseason, the last preseason match this weekend for the Warriors. There are high hopes after they absolutely thumbed the Tigers in an exciting fashion last weekend. This weekend, they take on the Melbourne Storm. Uh, and what is their best possible side as well? Plus, we'll name our Supreme Halberg Award winner before the show is out as well. That is the Macca's menu. Thanks to McDelivery delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door. This is Drive to Survive. Yes, it is Drive to Survive for your Wednesday. And as Chris mentioned, it's 100 today from our great mates at TAB. Now, yesterday's question... It was around the Kansas City kicker, and we all got stumped on it, to be fair. Um, although he was a pivotal player in the uh, Super Bowl, uh, not many of you can remember his name. So we thought we'd chuck it back in. We gave you 24 hours grace. You've had ample opportunity to rewatch, to Google. Some said it wasn't even possible to Google yesterday. And uh, although we don't encourage it, my word, if you couldn't Google it and find it, then... We have gone to the top echelon of questions. So hopefully you've had to rewatch it and uh, you've come back with the answer. And so we're going to start down in Whanganui where Troy waits for us. Troy, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, good. 
Tell me, mate, have you worked out who this Kansas City Chiefs kicker that won the game for them, what his name was? Uh, was it uh, Harrison Butker? I was wondering how you're going to have a crack on that last name. Butker. Yeah, I like it. It was Harrison. So we're up and running, and we're up to question two now, lap one with Troy. Which EPL club is Elon Musk allegedly trying to buy? Ooh, should that stump me? It'll be a guess. I will... I'll try Chelsea. This is the worst start for a Grand Prix that I have ever seen. It is not Chelsea. We'll go to Auckland now where Zaid waits us. Zaid, how are you, mate? You're there, Zaid. No Zaid today. So we'll go to Jade. Jade, how are you, mate? Yeah, good evening, yourself. Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. He's uh, He's got a bit of money, this fella, Elon Musk, and he's trying to buy an EPL club. Do you know which one? Surely it's Man U. It is. It is Man U, Jade. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind giving me a snippet of that. Man U would be a good club, though, I reckon. Question three, lap one. Which UFC fighter did Dan Hooker call a cheat on Twitter yesterday? Oh, uh, is it the Mitchell Chiefs? It was indeed. Yeah, you went pretty hard at him. Uh, fair enough, too. Uh, question four, lap one here with Jade from the Tron. In year 2000, which All Black did Baz McCullum start over in the South Island Schools 15? What year was it? Sorry, year 2000. 2000. 2000. Give a clue. Uh, yeah. He was handy enough. World Cup winner. He was handy enough. What was it? Score. Handy? Or... He was a handy footballer. Season, eh? Yeah. Yeah, it was that young fella. It was. So, yes, of course, the story of Bears starting over DC. Uh, Bears tells everyone about it. DC's. Has anyone seen it? Did anyone see Bears playing rugby? We obviously seen have seen him playing for Morrinsville. Oh, Matter Matter. Matter Matter, Matter, Matter sorry. Matter Matter's aside. He, go, uh, he goes not too bad either, doesn't he? Yeah, no, he goes all right, by all accounts. Anyway, we've, we've, we've skipped through lap one. Pretty convincing here on our way to 100. Now of Jade from the Tron. Lap two, question one. What was the score in the Breakers series opener against the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers? Seventy-five to eighty-three. Front left tires. Yeah, you can see it's sun in a shred. I tell you what. Hard questions. This couple of, couple of points here. Yes, very hard question considering it wasn't just yesterday. And secondly, still the greatest name in world sport, the Jack Jumpers. The Jack Jumpers. <laughs> uh, I do love. I do love me some Jack Jumpers. Every time it comes up. <laughs> what were they smoking when they came up with the Tasmanian name? I would love to know. We now travel just. Oh, I was about to call in someone else, but we're going to go from the river, well, not the River City, because that's fine, you know, we'll go from the Tron, the city of the future, up to, I don't know what you call Auckland, uh, but anyway, we've found Zaid. The Zaid. city of sales. Oh, the city of sales it is. Of course it is. The city of sales. Long been the city of You've sales. You live there, Beeve. I do not live there, but the city of sales, where Zaid lives. Zaid, what was the Hello? score? Yes, you're there, Zaid, this time. We got you. 
Yeah, um, wasn't it 88.68? It was bang on. 88.68. Well done. The 20-point buffer there. Question two, lap two. Who top scored for the breakers in that game? Uh, was it Derek Pardon? That's exactly who it was, Zade. Brilliantly done there. Final question of lap two. Geez, we're getting close to that 100. When is the next game in this series? Tomorrow night in Tasmania at 9.30. We've got coverage here on SNZ from 9pm, so make sure you stay tuned, of course. The Breakers in Tasmanian Jack Jumpers territory. Final question, and this is what the 100 all sits on. Liverpool won this week's Merseyside derby 2-0. Who scored both of Liverpool's goals? Uh, Mohamed Salah and Cody Gatko. Uh, well done, Zaid. Well deserved. Yeah, we're on an absolute Thanks. tear from uh, lap two. Any ideas what you might spend that on, Zaid? Um... Um, not sure. Maybe the breakers tomorrow night. Yeah, you like the look of them. Maybe the yeah, like the look of them. And um, did you hear the story about the breakers the other night? A few fans weren't too happy they didn't get the free whoppers because they uh, well, passed up on the ninety points with a few seconds in the last ten seconds they could have shot to get to ninety, but they didn't. So a few people weren't too happy about that. And you reckon the players knew full well that they had to look after the sponsors uh, and just <laughs> keep it under ninety? Maybe. Uh, and um, there is actually something uh, on Friday, B, Blues versus Chiefs, pre-season hit out. Yes, down at one of the great one rugby out. stadiums of the world at Pukekohe. They, uh, I think there's a, I think there almost might be a three-half situation going down there. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Are you getting along, Zade? Uh, but 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 at the region right now, but uh, probably watching on on YouTube, whatever it's on, maybe. Brilliant stuff. Well, well done, Zade. Well deserved. And uh, tomorrow we'll be back to play for another 50 from our great mates at the TAB. Yes, we will. Drive to Survive will resume tomorrow. Get your texts in double eight double three or your calls on 0800 150 because when we come back, Beaver is going to combine our five super rugby teams, the very best players, and fit them into an NRL side. What do you reckon? Who is making this team? Is Geordie Barrett in there? And what position is Beaver going to name him at? If you've got players that absolutely have to be picked in the side, let us know on the Temper and Bed Post text line and we'll see who Beaver's got next. So if you're just joining us on the program, the Blues. The Blues put out uh, their very own starting 13, who they could play in an NRL match. Now, we thought, here's something, we can do this with a combined Super Rugby players because there's some pretty handy footballers uh, and names that have already come across from the great game of Rugby League. Sonny Bill Williams, Nehemiel Nascada. You've had plenty of, of players, Brad Thorne, come across. Uh, and other players go over as well. TJ Pettinata has gone across or tempted. Flirted. Flirted. flirted with the idea. Many players flirt with the idea when their contracts come up. But who could be the real deal and actually crack into an NRL side? Beaver 
has gone through, looked at all five Super Rugby franchises, picked out the very best players in all these different positions. So, Beeve, without further ado, give us your Super Rugby 13. Well, it makes sense to start with who the Blues picked to as far as their fullback goes, a guy that's already won the Supreme Award in Rugby League. So RTS will be our full fullback. I mean, some pretty hot co- competition uh, in Super Rugby to get that coveted number one jersey in our Super Rugby 13. But uh, RTS will start at 15. Oh, sorry, at one. Uh, on the wings, it's a Blues double for me. It's uh, Caleb Clark and Rico Ioani. Now, league wingers... Uh, massive at the start of the sets. And I just reckon Caleb Clark, with his size and power, coming off that first hit up. Enrico Ioani, the same. And on attack. Oh, devastating. How close to consideration did someone like Alista Whaingonuku come, who, when he was at high school, was actually scouted by some uh, NRL clubs? Oh, well, this is never far from uh, my thought process, Kirsch. You know, I'm a massive fan of Fainanuku. But on this occasion, I could not find a spot for him. Uh, and it'll, I'll show you why when I, when I announce my centres here. So my centres. Um, and look, I hummed and hard about where to put this guy because he's obviously one of our best in Geordie Barrett. But mm. squeezing everyone into this team, he was going to be, he's going to be the centre for me. And in the, in the centre partnership, might shock you a little, but I've gone Braden Enor. Um, he just, for those a little bit, well, older than probably Kirst, Kirst probably doesn't remember him, but there's a there's a great Australian centre called Mark Gesner in rugby league, and he just reminds me, he's tall, he's athletic, powerful, and I just reckon Enor in rugby league, outside break, I reckon he'd be devastating. So I've gone Enor and Geordie as my midfield. Levi Armour? No, it didn't come into consideration. Uh, obviously a battering ram, um, but no, uh, these two for me... Uh, Not athletic enough? Oh, these two can play that role, but they just got a little bit more for me. So, Geordie Barrett was always going to be in the team, and, and in all may have been what some will classify as my bolter uh, for mm. this team. So, no, he was he was my midfield pairing. Geordie could play anywhere, though, couldn't he? Literally anywhere oh, in an NRL back line, he could play. Yep. Look, if there wasn't a guy called RTS at one... Uh, he'd have been the fullback, and in the halves, he could have definitely played, but I wanted to have both yeah. of his halves in my team uh, for their brilliance. So uh, I'll let you know who my halves are now. In the sixth jersey will be McKenzie, uh, free reign for him. Uh, he can play both sides, as they say in the NRL, uh, and he will just create havoc out the back of those uh, block plays that they love in the NRL. And my seven is Moanga. Uh, I thought it'd be tailor-made for the seven jersey in league, wonderful kicking game, great director, and has the ability, I'd imagine he'd be deadly 20 out. What uh, house pairing do those two remind you of uh, currently in the NRL? Oh, great question, Kirst. Uh, Who would you say? They're a little bit, I tell you what, they're not far off Cleary and Law. But I don't think there's anyone quite like McKenzie in the NRL as far as what he would add as far as a runner goes. So as my six, he he stands out head and shoulders. Moanga, I think, would be unbelievable at league. Uh, so that's my back line. Moanga, McKenzie. That's a brilliant Rick, back line. 
It is a phenomenal back line. Rico and Caleb on the wings. The centres will be Enor and Geordie Barrett, and RTS is your fullback. The pack. Now, when the name of my pack, I've met a lot of league players, and they're all, apart from when you meet a Sonny Bill Williams, they're all of a similar sort of size. So for me, for those who haven't met many league players, you think you think you lose forwards in rugby, and that's the sort of size that they are, possibly a little bit shorter in time. So my pack is made up heavily of loose forwards. Uh, I know you're all wondering where he was going to be. He's going to be a prop for me, Adi Savia. He will play massive minutes. He'll be in the middle of the park, carries all day long, great defender. So he's my prop. He'll be partnered up with Ethan Blackadder, who, uh, again, I just workhorse, will go all day, and uh, he will pair up. The the nine is going to probably shock a few, but I've gone Aaron Smith, the all-black number nine. And I know what some of you are saying. Will he get through 50 tackles in a game? I'm prepared to TJ. I know, but no, why I've gone Aaron Smith is with this back line and this forward pack, to be fair, I want width. I want some width for that pass, and it's so noticeable in the NRL. And I had a good talk to our great friend uh, Webby at the um, at the launch of uh, something we've been doing at FCNZ. I said it's noticeable. The, the top teams have a, half, have a dummy half that can throw a big ball off the deck, and there's only about three or four of them that can in the NRL. So I reckon our NRL team will have an advantage because Aaron Smith throws a massive ball off the deck. So who are you comparing Aaron Smith to in the NRL? Pass-wise, probably, probably only Cam Smith, who's obviously now retired. He was, the, he was, from my eyes, looked like by far the best passer off the deck there was. And the width that Melbourne were able to get when he was playing was, was quite phenomenal. So Aaron Smith's my nine. Uh, my 11 and 12, Akira Ioane gets a, uh, gets a start in the second row. He's going to be partnered up with Tyson Frizzell. Obviously... Tyson Frizzell, there's already a Frizzell that's a superstar back row, so I just thought, why not throw another Frizzell in there for our very own? And, why not? Uh, I'd imagine, again, very high work rate, very damaging on an edge, as they call it in league, so he'll be my 12 and my 13, and this again might surprise a few, but I've gone Leonard Brown. 13 in league, obviously, defends in the middle, massive work rate. Um, Leonard Brown is not a small man. He is... He is very similar body shape to any of the lock forwards that I've sort of met that play in the NRL and is as fit as they come. So he rounds out my 13, Kirst. That is my Super Rugby 13. Wow. And if you compare that to what the Warriors have just named for their trial match, Chance Nickel Clockstad, Dallin Watini Zelezniak, Braden Williami, Adam Pompey, Marcella Matoya, Tamari Martin, Sean Johnson, Adam Fenua Blake, Wade Egan, Mitchell Barnett, Jackson Ford, Marata Neukuri, Tohu Harris. How's your team going, you reckon? I'd need to give mine some time, but mm. I think in time they would be very competitive against that team that uh, the Warriors have announced. Well, I love it. It is a good-looking Super Rugby uh, starting 13 in the NRL. What do you think of Beaver's team? Double eight, double three, or call us on 0800 150 811. When we come back, uh, we're going to chat to John Norman from TalkSport UK.
This is the run home on SENZ. All thanks to Rotoflex by Blunston. Stability meets the freedom to move. Get your messages in. Double eight, double three. What did you think of Beaver's combined Super Rugby starting NRL side that he has just named? We would love to hear from you. Our feature interview coming up right after this. This is the run home feature interview. Thanks to Mick Delivery. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Get excited, get familiar, because from 2pm tomorrow, the first test at Mount Monkanui gets underway. Tim Southey and Gary Stead against Brendan McCullum and Ben Stokes. It doesn't get better than this. We've been made to wait for this Kiwi summer of cricket to kick back off. And to talk all about it, we've got Talk Sport UK cricket editor and presenter of Following On Cricket Podcast, John Norman, joining us on the programme. John, thank you so much for your time today uh, and welcome to beautiful New Zealand. How's your first week in a bit been well yeah thank you very much yeah well it is beautiful isn't it it's a picturesque scene here at Mount Monganui today not less so in the last couple of days uh, we had to bunker down but obviously there were some pretty serious uh, scenes up and down the country so uh, you know thoughts with everyone affected in that regard but uh, yeah I mean we're, we're just pleased to be able to uh, to get a bit of cricket um, you know underway the the ground here at Mount Monganui at the bay overlooks absolutely spot on i cannot believe that we've had a cyclone whipping through this part of the world over the last uh, few days um i think the ground is as it would be if we if it had been baked in the sun for a week it's absolutely picture perfect and uh we're just all getting set for the game getting underway tomorrow now john obviously we'll talk about that game very soon but i guess one of the great things that we look forward to when uh, the england team comes to town is obviously the media but more importantly the barmy army uh, what sort of numbers that can we expect there uh, from the first ball? Well, yeah, we're expecting, you know, a few thousand to, to have made it over. I mean, and the, the majority of those who've arrived in the last few days have got some stories to tell as well because, <laughs> you know, there's been some pretty serious journeys that have taken place. You know, we spoke to a couple of people who were stranded in San Francisco a couple of days back. Um, speaking to uh, Chris Millard, who's the managing director of the Barmy Army today, he was saying how the, the trumpeteer has taken four flights today just to make it to New Zealand. So it just gives you an idea of the lengths that people go to to come and support English cricket abroad. And you can't get any further, really, than New Zealand, can you? So, uh, yeah, I think that uh, the numbers that make it here will probably be swelled on days two and three. I think there will be some people who missed day one. But, um, yeah, you can expect them to be in good voice when they do arrive because, uh, yeah, they've, uh, they've certainly gone to, uh, you know, extraordinary, extraordinary lengths to get here. Now, John, uh, Tim Southey confirmed today that Blair Tickner uh, will make his test debut at Bay Oval tomorrow. Uh, could England throw any selection curveballs at us, do you think? Anything we're no, not expecting? No, I don't think so. No, no, it's uh, Ben Stokes named the team. He's, um, he's, as you'd expect, Jimmy Anderson, Stuart Broad, Ollie Robinson with Jack Leach as the spinner. Ben Stokes will bowl a few overs as well if required. Um, and it's, uh, you know, it's a strong-looking England lineup. You know, uh, New Zealand have really been rocked by, um, by injury and mm. uh, obviously the situation surrounding Trent Bolt, who, you know, he, he lives close here, doesn't he? Maybe he'll come <laughs> and watch. But uh, it's, a, it's a shame, though. You know, you want to see the best versus the best. And, I think we all really feel for Carl Jamieson, that's for sure. We were looking forward to seeing him um, get back into action. Um, One of our team here in uh, New Zealand, Steve Harmison, former fast bowler, um, you know, double Ashes winner, former number one in the world. And 
you know, fast bowling takes its toll. So mm-hmm. he certainly had a lot of sympathy when the news came through that Jameson set for another spell, you know, on the sidelines. Don't rub it in about Trent there, John. No, we're we're mm. barely getting over it ourselves. Uh, but w- when you talk about the withdrawals and, I guess, the no Trent, for you in your mind, you know, putting obviously uh, where, you, where you come from aside, you think this is England's game? Their favourites going into this now, especially with the late withdrawals of Jamison and, and Matt Henry? I think so. You know, England come into it in real form. Um, they haven't had much of a warm-up. There's not been a lot of cricket, but so that might that might bite them. You know, if if New Zealand bat well and England have to bowl, at, you know, bowl at them long into days three and four, that that's probably New Zealand's best chance of of forcing a victory. I mean, you never know an inspired spell here or a uh, you know an incredible batting performance there. I mean, Daryl Mitchell and uh, Tom Blundell had a terrific summer in the UK last year, and very unfortunate to be on the losing end. So. You know, there's certainly danger there from a, from an English perspective looking at New Zealand. But when you consider that New Zealand, or rather England, have just come from a 3-0 win in Pakistan. They've won nine tests out of ten uh, since Ben Stokes and Brendan McCullum took over. Um, and the fact that essentially on another day, New Zealand would be fielding a completely different uh, bowling attack. You've, you've, you've just got the feeling that uh, England go into this as favourites. Now, John, Beaver's a bit of a tipster, and he's just tipped us all. A $12 shot for the test to end in three days. Realistically, what are your expectations of how this thing's going to play out? Is he getting his $12 shot? Um, I don't know. I mean, the toss is going to be, you know, pretty big, isn't it? Say England bat first. You know, for the test to be over in three days, then England are going to have to probably bat once. You know, whether they bat first or second, that's that's the only real way you're going to see a three three game, three day game. The other thing is, you know, how, you know, the, the pink ball, England have been quite critical of it. It's not swinging much. So if it doesn't swing, that's ne- going to negate quite a hefty part of England's armory and uh, will make batting easier, of course. But the flip side is, you know, there has been a lot of rain in and around. The pitch has been under covers for a long time. Um, the day night aspect of things as well. And the fact that, you know, New Zealand are coming into this undercooked as well. So, yeah, I, I reckon probably late day four, if you're going to be, if you're going to push me towards a bet. But I'm a terrible tipster. So anything I say <laughs> won't happen will. Now, John, James Anderson came out a few days ago uh, and I guess highlighting the attitude under Baz and, and Ben Stokes is they'd be prepared to forfeit innings to, uh, to get things rolling along. From a New Zealand point of view, what's... How do we how do we beat England? Do we bring them into a game which, I guess, intentionally or unintentionally, slows it down and frustrates? Or is England now in a space where they just don't get bogged down? Well, you know, they do say in cricket, your greatest strength can be your greatest weakness, and you know that this kind of uh, high tempo, uh, all action approach to batting is going to have to backfire at some point. Maybe it will backfire here, so that could be something. Um, I don't think England really get frustrated. I don't think grinding them into the dirt is really a way to win in so far that it's not going to make England change the way they play their game. But I just think from a New Zealand perspective, you've just got to take the game as long as you can. You know, Jimmy Anderson and Stuart Broad, Ollie Robinson as well, they haven't bowled a lot of overs in the last couple of months. You know, they've only had two-day warm-up. 
get, uh, you know, put the pressure back on them in that regard. You know, when Jack Leach comes on to bowl, are you going to sit back and let him bowl at you or are you going to try and smash him out of the attack to mean that England have got to bring back their fast bowlers before they're ready? I think that's really the approach. So I think that, uh, you know, I think New Zealand have got to be a little bit uh, positive in their outlook. I'm not saying Basball plays takes on Basball, but, you know, certain moments in the game when they've got the advantage, they need to press at home. The, the other thing I'll say is, you know, England won 3-0 last summer, but in all three games, New Zealand were in position or in a, in a position where they could have won the game themselves. They were robbed of a lot of luck, you know, the Grandtom getting injured, Cole Jameson getting injured. Um, there was a couple of really dodgy selections as well along the way. You know, Patel bowled two overs at Lord, so essentially wasn't was, was you know wasn't required. So, you know, it wasn't quite as clear cut as I think that three 0 scoreline suggests. So, I reckon New Zealand would be better, but um, you know, England are England are on a roll. It's going to be very difficult to knock them off their course. And just talking about England, obviously. We know we know the names that have been around for years, who have been here well and truly before. Is there anyone who's sort of emerged under the Bears regime that will catch the eye that I guess a lot of us, the sporting public here in New Zealand, may not have uh, seen before out here? Not with the ball, but with the bat. Just keep an eye on Harry Brook. I mean, the way people are talking about him, he could be one of the, the game's greats. Um, he was player of the series in the Tests and the T20s. Um, in Pakistan. He was part of the T20 World Cup winning squad in Australia. Um, he only made his debut for England at the back end of last summer. So that's quite a CV for someone who's only played four tests. Uh, I think he averaged 92 or something in Pakistan. And he doesn't score his runs slowly. I mean, he is ridiculous. I think you might have seen in the warm-up, he, he hit one of the spinners from the New Zealand 11 for five sixes in the Noda. So, yeah, keep an eye on Harry Brook. And, oh, Ben Duckett at the top of the order, he's no slouch either. <laughs> we love it. You're a class act. Thank you so much for coming on uh, the show, John, and enjoy the action from Bay Oval. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Thank you so much. John Norman joining us there from Talk Sport UK. He has, he has their cricket editor. He also hosts a podcast. So go and look that cricket podcast up online. It's called Following On. Uh, it's available where you get all your good podcasts from. And he certainly knows a thing or two. Some interesting stories there. Uh, up next, we hear from Ben Stokes, who fronted media in Mount Monganui today. Of course, the skipper underneath Brendan McCullum in this England side. Well, it's press conference time right here on the run home on SENZ. Uh, did you hear what Gary said about Trent Bolt's non-selection? After all the dramas with players coming in and out of the team, he's still not there, and here's why. With the two guys unavailable, was there any temptation or any chatter to call Trent Bolt and see if he would come and play in these two test matches? Yeah, but look, we've, uh, we've spoken with Trent Bolt recently, and... Um, it's been decided since he, I guess, gave up his, his contract that we would give priority to uh, the locally contracted and domestically contracted players. So, and we've done that on this occasion. So, I mean, it would take, like, a, in moving forwards, a lot of injuries to a lot of players for him to be get given another opportunity then in the test team? I think, well, I think with the way that um, 
uh, world of cricket is moving so quickly at the moment, then um, I think it would be remiss of me to make too many predictions around what it might look like in the future. Um, I think it's something that, that I know we as New Zealand Cricket and the, and the Players Association will keep working through and understanding what that will mean for us in the future. But, I mean, it's changed a lot in the last six months, so I, I don't want to really predict what it'll be like in the next six months. OK, thank you. Do we know if... Um, is, is Trent here? Is he in New Zealand? Is he back? He's, he's back from, um, from UAE, yes. And he's in, he's in the mountains, is he? Uh, he lives about 20 minutes from here. So yep. no, no discussions overnight with him about? Uh, we, we've discussed it internally, but our, our decision was, was not to go with Trent on, on this occasion. Well, this has had the cricketing public absolutely fired up over the last 24 hours, including one of our very own Mitch McLennigan, who called up afternoons with Stephen McIver and had this to stay. Uh, look, mate, it's pretty contradictory, right? And I think everyone's, everyone's sitting behind the radio or on the, on the app, just going, mate, like you've said one thing in one sentence and the other sentence you've said something else. So, look, I think we're getting closer to the truth, if I'm going to be completely honest. I think we're getting closer to figuring out what's actually happened behind the scenes between Trent Bolts and New Zealand cricket. Um, I think we're getting closer to the point where they've said that he's not going to play test cricket while he's, while he's not contracted. So, I mean, that's pretty clear. I think this is, in terms of the way New Zealand cricket work, they look for pinnacle events and and a test series at home against England is, is up there with the way they're playing their cricket at the moment. I think it's up there with one of the, the highest rating events in the cricket calendar this year. That is Mitch McLennigan. You can listen back on the SENZ app. He was fired up today, certainly. Uh, but sticking with cricket beef, you've managed to uh, get uh, a famous Kiwi cricketer on the line, Ben Stokes. Yeah, look, very lucky. But uh, he, he had this to say earlier today. Watching test matches in New Zealand in the past, it's, I don't think you can look at too much into the wickets here when they're green like that. Um, the practice wicket, the two-day game that we had um, was very green as well. Well, it had a lot of grass on it um, and it played very, very true. So, um, yeah, I don't know how much effect it's going to have, really. Um, just hope I lose the toss. Uh, Stokes, you almost sound English there for a second. Hey, what did you make of the selections, mate? Um, oh, look, I guess that's something for you know, New Zealand to have to worry about. Um, see, I, I don't really know what's, what's gone on there um, outside of Trent's decision to step away from the central contracts. But, um, yeah, I guess any team without Trent Bolt playing against you is, gives you a little bit of, um, well, not hope, but, yeah, we know he's a quality performer. Um, but in terms of selection, it's, that's a New Zealand um, issue, not ours. Mm. Very interesting there. Obviously, the English boys very happy that uh, one Trent Bolt will be sitting on his deck chair in the mount as opposed to at the top of his mark, I'd suggest. Very, very good get from you too, Beef. Well done. No worries. No worries. We just had to let him go. He's a busy man. Yeah, we we, we had to let him go. He's got bigger fish to fry than us at the moment. But, uh, yeah, he's a good guy. And uh, he never forgets that uh, this is where it all started from. Tonight is the night where our sporting superstars get dressed up to the nines. They'll be on their way to Spark Arena right now for the 60th Annual Halberg Awards. One of the categories, the para-athlete or team of the year. This is who's up for it. Adam Hall, para-skiing. Cameron Leslie, para-swimming. Corey Peters, para-skiing. Nicole Murray, para-cycling. And Dame Sophie Pascoe, para-swimming. Does it have to go to the Dame once again, Beef? Can't go to anyone else, can it? Has to be Dame. Sophie Pascoe, I'd imagine. 
She's uh, she's won so many times in this award category, including uh, the Supreme. And could she do it again tonight? All be revealed uh, this evening on Sky Sport and Free to Wear on Prime as well. We're going to continue with the categories, Team of the Year, Coach of the Year and the Supreme Award too. Good evening. Welcome back to The Run Home on SENZ. All thanks to Rotoflex by Blunston. Stability meets the freedom to move. It is just after 6 o'clock. And if you've been sitting there, if you've been sitting there for the last few hours saying, why are they ignoring me? Well, Beef, we're not, are we? No, we're not. We thought you were ignoring us. Um, but uh, no, apparently the text machine is down. So we apologise if you've probably put in wonderful uh, super rugby NRL teams. Uh, we would have loved to have seen them. Or you've abused mine. Uh, no problem. But uh, we're not ignoring you. We apologise. I would have wanted to see that too, the abuse. Yeah, of course. You love nothing more than the abuse that comes my way. But uh, unfortunately, we just can't read texts today. Yes, the machine is broken. Um, we are not perfect uh, on the program. So, so sorry about that. We're getting it fixed as we speak, though. Coming up on the Macca's menu, thanks to Mick Delivery. Uh, we've done Halberg Awards. We've got a couple more awards still to come. We caught up with Paul Mawati from the TAB, and Beaver has named his very own Super Rugby combined NRL starting 13 side. Go back and listen to it on the app if you haven't done so already. Uh, plus, we had John Norman on from Talk Sport uh, to catch up about the test going down tomorrow in Mount Monganui between New Zealand and England but we're about to cross the ditch with Joel and Barney who we absolutely adore and we've got Louis Brown coming on a bit later on as well to continue the NRL chat. We can't be far away I've got absolutely no timer in front of me so I can't <laughs> tell. We've got 30 seconds I'm being told B. We've got 30 seconds to go. Uh, just from that interview pre 6 o'clock I'm very nervous because geez, wasn't John confident? The uh, the travelling British media. Very Too confident. confident. He was very calm. Very calm in all facets. I'm always going to say dismissive of our black caps. Uh, yes. Well, <laughs> is this what happens when you don't have your absolute best players out there? Mm, I like us to teach him a lesson. Don't you dismiss our black caps. Well, the best players are on the SEN stable are joining us now from across the ditch. Our absolute favourite, the brilliant Barney and Joel. Barney, as I was saying before, mate, you've got to stop dismissing the black caps. Mate, it's in my nature. You know, I don't hear about them, and I yeah. just go, dismiss them. Dismiss. Get out of here with your black caps. Oh, oh there's the beaver. Kirsty must be there as well. How are you guys? Good afternoon, uh, we're great. Team. Mate, how are, how are the black caps looking in this? Uh, war- well, I'm seeing it as England's warm-up for uh, the Ashes. <laughs> yeah. um, can you do some damage, please? Uh, look, we're a training run, apparently, according to their uh, travelling media, an absolute training run. And uh, it doesn't help that we're potentially leaving our best player out of the side because, well, he's I don't know why he's not playing, but uh, he's, he's going to be... 
down the road about two k's, watching his you boys. You think he's going to turn up? He's not going. He's not. No, going no go. way. No, no way. Uh, and Trent Bolt. So yes, we're on a hiding to nothing. If you believe some of the hype and hoopla around this English team. But really Beaver has just put money on for this test not to go more than three days, paying 12 bucks at the TAB. <laughs> Ooh, it's a green yeah, top. Yeah. It's a green yeah, top. Yeah, $3.50 for sports, but I think. Anyway, um, <laughs> now, um, what about this, Barney? What about this? Going to the chapel. Oh, I don't know if she's going to a chapel, actually, but uh, that's how the song goes. And she's, she's not allowed married. to. Queenstown. Queenstown, which I still believe, for all Australians, is the most underrated unrecognised place in the planet. It is a magical place. And our girl, Kirsty, is heading there to get married. Is that right? Yeah, what do I do? Have you got any advice for me on the wedding day? Because we're three days out and uh, I've got absolutely no idea. Okay, here's some of What's your husband-to-be's name? Gareth. And I don't know why we didn't uh, get a wedding planner. No, well, Gareth, here's what you need to do is (laughs) to ensure that um, my... Uh, a mate of mine, my best mate, actually, he forgot to bring my ring. Or oh, what? For the wedding. Yeah. So that's that's a good start, Gareth. Maybe make sure that you've got the ring there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anything that you see on Married at First Sight, just do mm. everything other than that. <laughs> I, I, I always give the bloke this advice. is Just make sure on the day you get good wedding photos, um, which is because they're the memories, right? Yeah. My wife made sure we got good wedding photos. And my instinct on the day was let's get the reception started. But no, now the wedding photos. That's my hang attitude in the towards house. this thing. Yep. Yeah, well, you've got to get the wedding photos, Kirsty, because like my wedding photos now hang in my house, and I'll still every now and then just be walking down the hallway, and I'll stop and I'll look at those photos, and I'll think to myself, "Wow, I had sex that day." <laughs> and um, <laughs> after a few years, you just sort of need the memories. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now I'm going to ask the Beave this and yourself. So, so three of the quartet here on this conversation have been married, right? Mm. And you're about to join us, Kirst. Um, now, the question I have is this. Had you, how long have you been married, Beeve? Uh, That's a six, six, yeah? Five. Five question. years. Five years. Five-year anniversary, five years. was it? Oh, okay, yeah. five, quick, five years. Barney? Fifteen. Fifteen. Twenty-five, right? If you had your wedding this week, and yep. I think kids play a major part in this, how many from the original wedding... As a percentage, Ooh. would be at the new great question. Yeah. Oh, geez. Uh, probably, I reckon it'd be maybe. We had a lot of family, so I think they'd probably still make the cut, most of them, <laughs> um, the ones that are still with us. And uh, yeah, probably I'd be at 60%. Oh, that's good. Maybe. That's beef. What would you say? Yeah, I was, I was on the back end of the career still. So, you know what it's like <laughs> when you're in a team? You feel like you have to invite everyone yep. to your piss up. Correct. Um, I would probably be, I'd be similar to Barney, maybe between that 60 to maybe 70%. That's there's high. A few, there's a few definitely gone, I can assure you. So, you're still uh, having 300 <laughs> people at your wedding, beef. <laughs> Well, he's got to put all his SEN you yeah, know, family yeah, in there now. Yeah, yeah, you know, you're right. obviously flying Joel and Fletch across yes, for the wedding, that course. sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, oh, it might be about 30, I reckon, honestly. 30 but, but, we're 20, but we're 20 years down the track. Yeah. And when yep. you've got four kids, four kids, lots of friends plus parents, your whole life just goes down a different path. It, it is yeah. it is quite amazing how that audience changes. But anyway, how's the stress levels going, Kirst? Um, well... I'll tell you what, I, I've been absolutely cool, calm and collected until the last three hours and uh, Gareth's mother is not making things easy down here. 
She's an absolute delight, and uh, I'm, I'm very lucky to be entering their family in a few days' time. Oh, this is just beautiful stuff. We need to keep on this. Yeah. Uh, so, Kirst, um, is there anyone in the bridal party who you're a little bit nervous about? So sometimes you get the rogue, and, and hello to you, Gibbo, sometimes you get the rogue um, bridesmaid or the, the rogue... Um, best man groomsman, or groomsman. Yeah. They go a bit uh, Jerome Lulai <laughs> yeah. in the <laughs> speech. <laughs> oh, no. Are you worried about any of that? Uh, we've tried to make the speeches as early as possible so that people uh, won't be absolutely mothered by the time yeah. the speeches come around. But uh, all of them could probably go rogue on me except one, <laughs> which is a real concern because I haven't uh, I haven't kept it quiet. It's It's four bridesmaids. So I'm concerned about three of them. I've got no idea what they're going to say, but they've known me for decades. Oh, mm. this is this could be interesting. I think. Mm. Have you got a videographer? Is this, is, <laughs> this could be content. This could Nothing be content will be on film. For the rest. Can you share your big song? So, Shorty the Trader, he, he recently got married. He's a wonderful mm-hmm. bloke, and I reckon this song here is the song that just gets the dance floor. I don't particularly love the song, but I love the song in this type of environment. Mr. Brightside, if it's late on a wedding night and you play that, the whole joint goes berserk. Have you got a song like that up your sleeve? Well, Mr. Brightside's definitely on the playlist, uh, but GT has been in charge of the music. That's been his realm. I think it's the only thing that he's helped with over the last uh, eight months. So he's in charge, but there's so many good sing-alongs. Like That's the key when it comes to a wedding, right? Yeah. And, 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 so I'm thinking Dave Dobbin, Slice of Heaven. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if Dave O makes the cut. Yeah. He's playing live. Dave Dobbin's playing live. Yeah. Oh, excellent. <laughs> yes. um, just just on Mr. Brightside, yeah. do you guys know the story behind the song? No, I, I'm unaware. It's a true story. So so if you, if you read the lyrics of Mr. Brightside, I find it quite ironic that this is a major hit at Bloody Weddings. The whole song is about him laying in bed and his partner's having an affair with some bloke out <laughs> oh. in the thing. Mate, read the lyrics, and that's one of the number one go-to wedding songs, uh, Mr. Brightside. Um, what have we got here? So um, let, let, let me go through some of these. Coming out of my cage, and I've been doing just fine, got to be down because it won it all. It started out with a kiss. How did it end up like this? It was only a kiss. It was only a kiss. Now, here it goes. Yeah, okay. So he's, at this point, he's just he's thinking, oh, I'm yeah. coming out of this relationship. Now? now, now I'm falling asleep and she's calling a cab oh. while he's having a smoke and she's taking a drag. Now they're going to bed and my stomach is sick and it's all in my head, but she's touching his chest now. <laughs> he takes off her dress now oh, and it God. goes on. Now that is one of the number one wedding songs. Wow. It all makes yeah. sense now. Yes. Yeah. It so all makes maybe sense. Maybe scrub that from the list. <laughs> Just on that, any t- chance of a... Um, <laughs> <laughs> a a uh, groomsman or bridesmaid sort of maybe uh, yeah you know, a romance yeah blossoming on the evening maybe a short term one yeah. <laughs> well uh, it could be a Mister Brightside scenario because all of them are taken so it, sh- oh. it shouldn't be now that could, that can make that make for a memorable wedding I'll keep you posted next week yeah and now who's your MC I've MC'd a bunch of weddings and I I'm now banned from MCing weddings <laughs> by my wife what did you say. Not, no, it's not. Why are you I banned? Said. 
but I did three in a row for mates, and none of the marriages lasted. Oh. <laughs> the last one, oh, no. the last one, they broke up on the honeymoon. Yeah, so I'm, I'm considered I'm considered a bad omen. Did uh, they break up on the honeymoon? They broke up on the honeymoon. Turns out he'd been fast. playing up for ages, but oh. um, and she found out on the honeymoon. It was oh. no good, but. Yeah, I, I got banned from uh, that group of mates. My wife said, you're not doing any more weddings for them. It's not your fault. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, you're not married, obviously, Brooksy. That's not how my fault works. Yeah, uh, Mr. Darkside. Uh, anyway, um, now, on a more serious note, guys, how's things going over in Queensland at the moment? Uh, not in Queensland. I'm looking at Queenstown. How's things going over there in New Zealand at the moment? Well, Beef's sitting there uh, in the dark with candlelit uh, dinners at his house. He's out of power. He's been um, in the thick of things in Auckland. Yeah, so, but I mean, very much we, we've got off lightly when you look around different parts of the country. Um, tragically, we've, we've had deaths now. Um, oh, no. and, and, then, and then there's obviously places uh, that are absolute, you just can't recognise them. They're completely cut off from the outside world, and that includes uh, communication. Um, and yet they still resemble sort of a floating floating townships at the moment, wow. which uh, is pretty grim in places uh, around New Zealand. So, yeah, I mean, uh, everyone's got different stories, but, um, yeah, there's, there's always people a hell of a lot worse off than you in this situation. And, uh, yeah, the tidy-up is only just starting, isn't it, Kirst? Mm, it's awful. I do have to ask, guys, um, the Auckland Mayor, did he get his Tuesday night tennis game in? <laughs> We don't have an update on that, do we? No. Tell you what, he's been very quiet lately. He's he's, been, uh, he hasn't fronted any media. No, no. So he's well and truly either learned his lesson or um, <laughs> there's been a power play to shift him out of the job it's, that we haven't known about at the moment. But, uh, yeah, he's gone very quiet. We're all still drunk, goes though. Yeah, Speaking of leaving, and, and the text board curse has lit up on the back of your wedding. Uh, there's an uncomfortable question I need to ask from Rob very, very shortly. But... Uh, this one here, and I don't know if this is a female or a male, it says, I like to watch my wedding DVD in reverse. That way, at the end, they jump in the car and leave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, now, now, there, there, is no, there is no bigger waste of money than yeah. getting a video of your wedding. Uh, I got sucked into it, uh, as yep. you can imagine. I just had to say yes to everything. And yep. uh, mm. that... I tried to say, look, I've heard from people, you're never going to watch a replay of your wedding. But uh, sure enough, uh, we burnt the money and uh, we have a video of our wedding. Watch it in reverse, Beef. Yeah, I'm going to watch it in reverse. Have you paid for that, Kirst? We do. We have a videographer, yeah. but uh, it's being done by a friend. Ah. Oh, that, well, that works. Mate, d- content. You put a bit on air, you put a bit on the uh, SEN socials, you write that off on tax, Kirsty. That's the way I'll, you do I'll that. be doing that. Thanks, it's Barney. Business. <laughs> Business, because no one really, yeah, you're right. No one really watches them unless everything's gone, Mr. Brightside, <laughs> and you know, you're the one who's left, and you're just watching it just with a with a bottle of red wine and uh, Mr. Brightside playing, just crying yourself to sleep. Kirsty, could you make a rule, please, at your wedding? Because I've seen this so often, right? Where uh, there'll be a couple who take a photo of themselves and they say celebrating uh, <laughs> Mr. X and Mrs. Y, but there's no picture of Mr. X and Mrs. Y. Can you just say to them, listen, guys, it's about us today and every photo, if you want to include yourself, you must have a photo of us. Yeah, it's a great role. It is a great role. I dare say this will be highly publicised a few weeks after uh, Joel and Barney, so I don't think you'll be – you'll have to put your cameras and phones in a little – I won't say bowl because that will lead us down another lane uh, (laughs) as you're walking into the wedding, but I think there'll be some, uh, I guess – 
what, what would you say? Magazines that'll be wanting this oh, first photo. Really? I would have thought, yeah, the paparazzi. The paps around Queenstown. This is, uh, yeah, this is. So this is a society wedding, then I'm guessing. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. I, I don't know, Barney, if you quite the know. The Royals aren't getting married in Queenstown this weekend. The New Zealand, uh, New Zealand uh, public, but uh, very high up the tree she is. Rob on the text line says this, and, and I'm very uncomfortable to ask this. It said, uh, "Can you ask Beaver what he's wearing to Kirsty's wedding?" Uh, probably what I scavenge on Friday night that doesn't need ironing. Uh, <laughs> whatever I can find in the wardrobe, uh, I haven't nailed it down just yet. <laughs> love to know, love to know you're putting a lot of thought into the occasion, Beaver. That's uh... <laughs> well, Kirsty would be impressed that I'm even thinking about it on Friday night. I'd have thought. No, I don't know what I'm wearing either, so it's all right, Beef. <laughs> no, are you nervous or are you just looking forward to the fun? I tell you what, Kirsty, in all things being serious, it is honestly one of the great days, your wedding day. It's such a great day, isn't it, Barney? It is. You, you won't remember most of it, but um, <laughs> like it just goes like that. Yeah. But you, you just it's that memory of going, oh, this, that was a fun. That was a, a fun day. time. It's a great day. Uh, what else is happening, guys? Well, you guys have been making waves over here uh, mm. after the rumours that you started around the one and only Roger Tuivasa-Shek returning to the Roosters. And now the mm. Blues have put out their own starting 13 who could take on an NRL side. Have you seen it? No. Babe, read the team. The Blues one or my one? I, or I, either or. They're I'll read good. my one. The Blues one I thought was okay, but I've gone my one, which is RTS at fullback. Apparently he's played a bit of league. Uh, Caleb Clark and Rico Ioani, two All Blacks on the wings. Uh, Inor and Jordy Barrett. Jordy Barrett's already telling everyone he wants to play in the NRL, usually around contract negotiation time. Yeah, 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 that's right. Um, the halves will be our five eight in the All Blacks. Richie Moanga and Damien McKenzie will be our seven and a six. We'll have Artie Savia, who I reckon would be an amazing league player. He'll be a prop. He'll just go all day with uh, Ethan Blackadder. Aaron Smith will be our dummy half. A few question marks about his defensive capabilities of 50 tackles a game, but he can throw an incredible <laughs> pass. Yes. Um, Akira Ioani and uh, Shannon Frizzell will be in the second row. And Anton brother Leonard of Brown, Tyson. Brother of. And uh, Anton Leonard-Brown, who's an all-black centre, massive work rate, big unit. He'll be our lock forward. Uh, that's, that's what we're putting out in, in round one of the NRL. But, uh, yes, you've, you've ruffled up the blues over here, mm. boys. Uh, how much start would you need, Beef? You reckon would, would nineteen and a half be enough start for that team? Uh, Hoover playing anyone? Anyone uh, outside dolphins. the top? Uh, dolphins. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll go minus twenty-five. <laughs> we'll let you warm up with a game against the Warriors. How's that sound, mate? <laughs> hey, Barney, it's the Warriors year. Have you not heard? No, no that hasn't made it across uh, the <laughs> no. ditch here. They do, no. so are they? Are they uh, feeling good over there? Are they? Oh, they they took apart some Tigers outfit. I don't know if you've heard of the Tigers. They just mm. took them apart. And uh, now it's nothing but top eight, and where we finish in there. <laughs> oh, well, that's you know preseason form is true form too. Yeah, yeah. It's Panthers true form. Got, Panthers got beat thirty nil this time last year. Uh, <laughs> They're done. Anyway, yes, exactly. Uh, all right, guys. Well, look, keep safe, keep safe. And uh, Kirsty, when exactly is this wedding, or is it sort of a bit top secret? Uh, three days, starting on Friday, uh, ending <laughs> sometime Monday. Oh, or maybe longer. Oh, yes, so is the wedding itself If you find on yourself Friday, in Queenstown, let me know. <laughs> is the wedding itself the ceremony on the Friday? Sun, Saturday. So we on could have sa- a problem. The Saturday. And then have you got the – it's the new go. I didn't personally do it, uh, Barney, the, the day after party. Oh, the, We've the got breakfast. The day after. Oh, You've got Brilliant. that. 
Des- yeah. So this is a destination wedding, I'm guessing. <laughs> you got to have a day after. Jeez. you got to have a after. day after. So is it Queenstown chosen because it's a beautiful spot or is that because you've got that's where your friends and family are? Or are you making everyone no, travel? No, it's family. It's, that's, that's where the mother-in-law is. Okay. Mm. Oh, it, was cho- it, was... it was chosen. Lavish with praise. Uh, hopefully, she, is she paying? That might help. Um, now, uh, Sean the Trader, actually, here is some serious advice. So, Sean the Trader, who got married uh, recently, just before Christmas, and he said, uh, particularly with the destination wedding curse, he said that one of his regrets was at the end of the wedding, everyone was fired up, and you almost feel like you're obliged to go and do the husband wife thing. Mm. But there was a bus going back into town and both, <laughs> oh. both the bride and the groom were so jealous they weren't part of the pack. So that's maybe Ooh. one to consider. They didn't jump on board the bus? No. Oh. They felt obliged to go and do the husband wife thing. You know? mm. Make it official. Remember mm. your memory back in those days, mm. Barney? Yeah. Consummate, they call that. Anyway, uh, good, on, good on you guys. All the best Loving over the there. Loving advice. And, uh, yeah, please share with uh, your fellow... Countrymen and country women to keep safe over there. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. Joel and Barney joining us from across the Tasman. Brilliant to catch up with those two, as always. Um, Some questionable wedding advice, uh, but potentially some marriage-saving wedding advice from those two as well. You just never know. I had nightmares coming back to me about my wedding, actually, when all that was (laughs) unfolding. I'll tell you a story about the music at my wedding. Hold on and tell us after this. By the way, the text line's back up and running. We've just had 3,000 messages come through. We've seen them. (laughs) We have seen them. Well, we'll get to the text line in a moment, Beef, but tell us what was your uh, wedding story. Well, when they were talking about the music and all the situations there, uh, we had a band player at ours who, um, Hamilton, they were everywhere during sort of uh, my time as a chief down there, all the bars. I was involved in a bar, but they used to play it. So great fellas, uh, two-piecer. And uh, they played at the wedding. And anyway, um, they knew me well and thought, oh, we'll get Beaver up to sing a song. And we know a couple of them. He always requests on a Sunday session at uh, Shenanigans at the time. And all of a sudden, uh, they're telling me to come up. Because I had such a massive uh, night before the wedding, I was actually pretty low-key at the wedding. And I was pretty much sober when they said, come on up, Beaver. And obviously everyone's like, come on up. So I've gone up stiff as a board and sung at my own wedding uh, <laughs> in the middle of his band. And it was just like, oh, luckily, everyone else absolutely blind. They wouldn't that even I got away remember. But every now and again, I see the wedding photos of me on stage with the band singing. And I just What was the song? Uh, I think it was the summer of 69, Brian Adams. <laughs> <laughs> oh, none of oh, that. None of it that. It was horrible. It was horrible. Horrible. Horrendous. My skin was crawling when you guys were talking about uh, the music situation. A few more drinks uh, and you'll be right, Beef. You'll be right. That's what you're missing on the TV show, as we know. (laughs) Uh, When we come back, we're going to catch up with the one and only Louis Brown uh, to chat all things Warriors and the NRL.
This is the run home on ECNZ. As we said, our text messaging machine was broken for the first couple of hours, but we've all come through now. We've got a lot of messages that we will get through before the end of the show. But time now to chat the New Zealand, the one New Zealand Warriors with a former warrior, Louis Brown, thanks to Kane's Deer Velvet. Refuel your body with Kane's Deer Velvet. Louis, thank you so much for coming back on the program with us. We appreciate your time. The drums are beating about the Warriors. I know we've only seen one trial match against the Tigers, but they did a job crushing them last week, and they've arguably named uh, their best side to take on the Melbourne Storm in the next preseason match on Sunday. What do you make of this top side? Yeah, well, Chris, thank you for having me. Happy New Year. Um, Happy New yeah, Year. I'm, I'm really excited. Um, I can't wait to hear the, the drums beating down at um, Orange Theory Stadium uh, down in Christchurch, the old Addington Rugby League Park, Addington Showgrounds. So, uh, play many a game there, and just really excited to see the, the performance that um, the boys put in last week. I know, I know, uh, you know, there wasn't a, a whole heap of big stars in that, but just the way the structure of, of, of the, the team, the way they played, the way they went forward, um, the young halves put together, Tamari Martin, was, I thought he was great, real instrumental. And then someone who I, who I had a lot to do with um, during his younger years, Luke Metcalf. I think he's been a great pickup for the, for the squad. Obviously, he's, he's named on an extended bench. But, um, you know, also just looking forward to the combination of Tamari Martin and, uh, and Sean Johnson and also uh, our Chance at the back there this week. And, you know, we've, we've got a healthy forward pack and, um, you know, what a great way to test it out against, you know, one of the, you know, the, the best teams in the comp that's, you know, over the last decade against the Melbourne Storm. Lou, again, thanks for coming on again, mate. But uh, what you were mentioning there before, obviously, as you said, no big names were out there in the first trial game, but the organisation and all that was there. Do you put a lot of that down to the new coach, Andrew Webster? Yeah, well, yeah, well, nice to hear, Beaver. It's good to hear that voice of yours, mate. Not that white baiting. Um, but no, I think you know what what Webby brings, mate, is, is he brings like that Penrith mentality and, and that mentality of Ivan, I've, I've and that's next man up. And I, I think you know it was a great platform that they built last week, and I really feel like. That was the kind of um, the mindset that they've kind of been training with in the off season. You know that next man up. Um, and you know there was kids out there last week that you know you know when you're getting old when you don't know much about kids or you know their names, but you, you know they, they they show you glimpses of, of what they can provide in the future and they put confidence in you. If there are injuries and and the depth of the squad looks great. The the, the game plan was simple. You know that the, what I really liked about the Warriors was their first up contact. Their defense was great. Their line speed was great. But most of all, just their basics were good. The ball was out in front. Um, you know the tackles were clean, and you know, and, and we saw the result of that. We held our territory. We held it. We got our completions right, and um, you know, we come off a good win. And you know, once again, it's, it's up again this week. You know, they get they get to run um, out as probably you know their their dress rehearsal for round one against mm-hmm. a Melbourne Storm team that um, you know that that every year um, has been brilliant. You know, this is a Melbourne Storm team that hasn't lost a round one game in, in I think 15 years. So um, it's, it's going to be great, and I know it's going to be awesome for. You know, the people of Christchurch down there as well, though, they love their rugby league down there. And, and, and I know they're about to build a new stadium down there for the rugby people, but it'd be good to get that rugby league park back for the, for the league people. Absolutely. Absolutely, it would, Louis. Just to go back to Andrew Webster, who, of course, is coming on board for the first time this year as head coach of the Warriors, but he's been there in the past. Did you ever cross over with him uh, as an assistant coach, either the Warriors, Panthers or elsewhere? No, unfortunately, when I work for Sky, I give him a few eyebrows. That's what happens when you don't really know someone in New Zealand. Um, but you know, like I, I, you know, fortunately for me, I've been around Ivan a lot, and and I know what kind of um, trust Ivan puts in his assistant coaches. You know, I, I think you can kind of see the caliber of assistant coaches that he's had around him in the past. And if you look at his two assistant coaches over the last two years, they've gone on to do both 
done head coaching roles. You know, Cameron mm-hmm. Serraldo going on the Bulldogs, and now obviously Webby at, at the Warriors. And and I, and I think the great thing there also is, is Webby has been at the Warriors before. He knows how to, you know, the Pacific Island boys, the Māori boys. He knows the culture. And like I said earlier, I think, you know, this that next man up mentality. And I think last week we've really seen that. Um, I know the boys had a big offseason. I, I can, you, you can just tell the way that they played last week. And even when glimpses, you know, when they're going to the stands and seeing that, you know, the, the, the actual hot, more high-profile players actually sitting in the stands and really celebrating, you know, those small wins for the, the players last week. I think it's great. Lou, one of the, I guess, probably the most, I guess, high-profile signings outside of a couple of the Kiwi boys coming home was obviously Dylan Walker uh, getting him out of Manly. He's obviously had a great career, played State of Origin and all the rest. Looks set to probably be number 14, in a, in a Warriors team, uh, how do you see that? Yeah, yeah, I think it's a great inclusion, um, Steve. I think, like you know, for him, for him, it, it, it's great. I got I was fortunate enough to play with Walks at um, at Manly, and he's a real, real high energy player. He's a real high energy person in the changing shed, and you know that that number fourteen role has really evolved over the last kind of three years since they've implemented the new rules. And I think what we'll kind of see is his leg speed around the ruck a bit more, and and a bit more ball playing. You know, a lot of people have got to realise that Dylan. Has played in the centres, but he played a lot of five-eight out of um, Manly as well, and and, and you and you've probably seen that um, hybrid fourteen, you know, sort of come to fruition last year with a lot of teams, and you know we'll probably see him playing through the middle, um, you know, taking you know taking some minutes there. I think he will play some big minutes through the middle. He's like I said, he's high energy, and I think he's the kind of injection of the the new number fourteen that you kind of seen. It, it makes me a little bit jealous that. I don't get to play number 14 anymore because I feel like I'd probably suit that little game a bit more now. But I think, you know, someone like Dylan Walker, I think, you know, he could turn out to be someone, a a buyer of the year for the Warriors for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Now, mate, when you you look at the NRL and obviously only a week or so away, who, what teams are are jumping off the uh, page at you as far as they're going to be big improvers? Obviously, we all hope the Warriors. Is it it the Bulldogs for you or is there someone else you think that could really uh, shake up the eight that probably wasn't there this year? Oh, I definitely think you know someone like the Bulldogs. I really, I really do think that that they can um, you know really shake it up. I was just looking at their forward pack earlier on paper, and and, and you know, they've got a great forward pack. You know, they've got Reed Marnie there who, who who works his backside off. You know, you got Kikau who's a, who's a huge injection, and then you've got you know an international um, Harry Sunderland middle middle winner out of the that of Super League and Luke Thompson who you know who, who's a big body gets forward, um, has big you know big running meters, good 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 power through his legs. But I think, you know, probably not a massive shake-up, but I think someone that's going to be a massive uh, improver this year is probably the Roosters. I really think that, um, you know, Brandon Smith through the middle. I know that Trent Robinson, you know, I've just moved over to Bondi and, and I've seen ran into a few of the boys and, you know, they're looking fit. You know, little Brandon Smith, he's, he's not looking so middle uh, little anymore. He's looking pretty faggoty. <laughs> and I think, you know, just having him in, in, in the middle there in terms of, you know, that, that more structured nine, I think you're going to see his game go to the next level. And then, you know, we get our first glimpse this weekend, you know, seeing Joseph Sawali, who was a revelation on the wing. He's going in, one, one in and into the centres this, this week. And I think that's where we're going to probably see him for the rest of his career. He's only a 19-year-old um, teenager, but, you know, the way he carries himself and, and um, the way he's so mature and, and so humble and, and the way he's, like, you know, his attention to details of the game, I, I think, you know, you, you think he's been playing the game for 15 years. So I think they're going to be massive improvers. Um, and also, you know, someone like, um, you know, I think the Warriors will be massive improvers too. I really think, you know, Webby's, Webby's um, basics and the way that he approaches games. And I, I also know that Sean um, will be in for a big season. It looks like he's put on a lot of weight. And, 
you know, he copped a lot of criticism last year. And, and, and Sean, Sean's the type of person that, um, you know, he, he takes doesn't take it to heart, but he, he knows he knows what happened last year. And I'm pretty sure, you know, he's really dedicated himself to a, a big off-season. Uh, we can probably see that in the size that he's put on. And then, you know, if we can keep, you know, some injuries down, you know, you've got the likes of Adam Fanua, Blake, that, you know, you know, had a few injuries last year. But when he was on the paddock, he was probably one of the Warriors' best. And, and the year before that, when he was at Manly, uh, you know, he was, probably one of the, he was probably one of the top two props in the whole of the game. So, you know, if we can stay healthy, um, I think we're, you know, we can, we've got a chance of, you know, you know sneaking into the, the top eight, especially getting, you know, chance back, um, Tamari Martin, you know, even Mitch Barnett, I think he's a great buy. He comes from Newcastle, and he's someone that, you know, I've played against before, and, and, and you know you've played against him after the game because he, he hits hard, he's a, he, he, he goes 100%, and uh, I, just, I just feel like the Warriors, you know, they're a bit of a smoky. Louis Brown, you're getting us excited. You're an absolute gem. Thank you so much for coming on the show with us and talking rugby league. We appreciate it. Too easy, guys. Hey, don't forget tomorrow, Earl's Collection. We've got our first drop of the year, too. 10 a.m., 12 o'clock lunchtime. So feel free to jump on to the customers out there. We need a bit of support to start 2023 like the Warriors. Awesome. Thanks so much, Louis Brown. And yes, absolutely. Get on Earl's tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. I didn't know that. So now I'm going to jump on and have a look for maybe a wedding present for the fiancé. You know, it's his favourite kit. Babe, you need to start rocking Earl's. I do. I need some style, don't I? So comfortable. And it looks good. I'll have to get on there at 10. It's the double whammy. It is the double whammy. Earl's collection. Go and look it up if you do not know what it is. It's a clothing brand uh, that Louis Brown has created, and it is absolutely awesome. Their next drop coming out tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. And don't forget, the Warriors kick off their NRL campaign against the Knights on March the 3rd. They've got their final preseason head out against uh, a top Melbourne Storm side in Christchurch this weekend. When we come back, uh, we are going back to the text line. We're going to try and get through as many texts as possible our text line was broken for two hours, so we've been inundated with your messages, uh, your Super Rugby first 13s that you've been naming to potentially take on an NRL side, and boy, oh boy, they look good. That interview was brought to you by Kane's Dear Velvet. Refuel your body. It's just 100% nature at its best. That's the power of love. This is The Run Home on SCNZ, and we're going to whip through your text messages. Um, first one, uh, this one has no name, but someone's son got autographs from Anton Leonard Brown, Damien McKenzie, and Brad Webber at the Matarangi Cafe the day after Beaver's wedding. They signed it on a blue shirt. How dare they? Can't have been thinking right. They, they wouldn't have been. That would have been awfully, <laughs> awfully dusty, I'd have thought. Well, good on them for stopping uh, and uh, signing a few autographs. Whip through Damon's team. We've got a couple of yes. full teams here. Damon, Ben have taken the effort to go through an entire Super Rugby first 13 that could potentially match up in the NRL. So give them to us, Beav, and compare them to your own. Yes, Damon's gone RTS, Rico, and Jordan, uh, Will Jordan. Jeez, oh, I forgot about Will Jordan. Will Jordan is his back three in rugby league. So I had Caleb Clark instead of Will Jordan. Uh, Geordie Barrett in the midfield, partnering his mate Anton Leonard-Brown. Uh, Richie Moang at six. Weber at seven. Uh, powerful backline. Uh, Guzzler, the one and only Brody Retallick as a prop. He's got his Chiefs teammate propping with him. Sammy Sonny, Takiaho. And uh, Aaron Smith is the nine in Damon's team. Uh, Blackadder, Artie is the second row. And Dalton is at 13. 
big guzzler. He'd appreciate being included in your um, league team. Doesn't um, mind a bit of league, does he? He loves a bit of league. I just wonder if that big frame uh, carting it up, they might get underneath him. I don't know. From 10 metres back. But he'll go all day. Big engine. So uh, I'm prepared to go along with that. And uh, Brody would be very disappointed if I tried talking you out of having him there. Then, uh, Ben's put in an entire team too. He's He's been RTS. Uh, he's gone Geordie at fullback. He's gone Sean Stevenson on one wing, which he was very close to doing. Uh, and Sevi Reese on the other. He's gone ALB and Havili as his centres. He's gone Richie at 5'8 and Bodie at halfback. Uh, see, I had Richie as my organ. Oh, I had Moanga as my seven, my organiser. Uh, Takiaho, he continues to get votes and, to be fair, makes a lot of sense. Again, relatives who are NRL superstars in Takiaho. Uh, he's propping with. Big Carl. Big Carl gets a start in the propping burst for Tim. Uh, I'm not sure about the minutes that he would get through. He's gone Finlay Christie as his hooker and uh, number nine. Harmon and Papali as his second row. And the great Artie Savia as his lock. So thank you very much, Ben. That is, a, again, a wonderful-looking NRL team made up of our super rugby players. Well, some other um, good messages coming in here. You, of course, named Aaron Smith as your hooker. Uh, Chris said, don't you dare. Aaron Smith cannot play a dummy half. He can't tackle. That was my concern. I don't think You're he can You're putting him in there for his pass. <laughs> for, I'm putting him in there for his pass to get this back line away. But, yes, Aaron Smith making 50 tackles a game would possibly concern me. But uh, he'd find a way, I reckon. Uh, what else do we have? Not a bad team from UB. Change Barrett at last man down. Yes, okay. Um, what does that Blues? mean, 13th man? Must be. Geordie Barrett. Or Scott Barrett. Scott Barrett, maybe. Scott Barrett, didn't think about Scott Barrett. Big body. He'd be good in league as well, wouldn't he? He's got a big body, yeah. You wouldn't want to have to deal with that coming off the uh, nine too often. Uh, Ken's text in, well, that Blues league side would beat the Warriors hands down as most NRL sides and Robert Rush would be there somewhere in the centres. Cheers, Ken. Thank you, Ken. Uh, no surprises there. Um, in a game of league, the Blues would get smoked by any NRL team. They are only used to ball being in play for a quarter of the game for a start. Uh, there'd be definitely some teething problems, Mark. I completely agree with you there. Uh, I wouldn't say that they would go out tomorrow and beat anyone. Um, you'd have to give them some training for it, but uh, it's, it's a fun thing to do, isn't it, Kirst? Oh, it's very fun. This is what it's all about, isn't it? Um, Ken, uh, who we adore, said, well, that Blues League side would beat the Warriors hands down as most NRL sides, and Rob Rush would be there somewhere, maybe in the centres. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, just wondering, have you started partying early, Kirst? Because I just said that 30 seconds ago. Bad text. Got repeated twice. That's oh, did fine. you? It's fine. It's 57. It's fine. It happens. No stress. It's your wedding week. You may have had a couple of sharp ones already. Oh. Don't beat yourself Look, up about it. You're out of office may already be on. <laughs> <laughs> like three days ago. But here the we te- are. Yeah, the text was in the middle column twice, so I can see the confusion. No problem. Oh, that's because the texts are coming through multiple times. Um, <laughs> we're getting more. We're getting more about the day after your wedding beef. Yeah, they looked rough and were in no mood for autographs, but I, but I apologised, and they were great with my son. Oh, I'm sure they did turn it on, but yes, they would have looked rough. A couple of those boys really can't handle one day on it.
Need a loaded couple, so uh, no, I can only imagine. Oh, well, that is us done and dusted. It's been so fun. Sorry that the text machine was broken for two-thirds of our yes. show, but we've got through um, the most uh, most ones that have come through on the line. And Beaver will be back tomorrow. I'll see you guys in a week. Oh, you off? I'm off. All the, all the best, Bridezilla. <laughs> Not a Bridezilla. <laughs> <laughs>